Okay, we're learning Daf Nun Beis, and we are just a few lines down in the Gemara. <clears throat> so again, the basic premise is we're talking about the laws of carrying on Shabbos, that an animal can't carry things on Shabbos, and we're discussing the fine line that separates between things that are just bottled to the body of the animal and things that are the animal is considered to be carrying. So now the Gemara moves, the Gemara says, Tanad Raminasha, Hitan Nishir Raminasha, Aiz, if your person has a goat, Shachachachla, Bein Karneha, and the owner is making holes uh, between the horns, you can go out with this rope on it on Shabbos, this rope leash on Shabbos, that's okay. So he's literally cutting holes in the horns and he's putting the rope inside of it, Rashi says. So why is that? Only that way is mutter, but we're concerned if it would have just, if it would just be tied on regularly, it's usher. Because the goats, it seems around Rashi that it's very normal that goats move their heads a lot. And when it does that, because it's very thin head, so the rope comes off very easily. And what would happen if the rope comes off? The owner might go ahead and carry it. So now we're learning a whole new issue. Really, the rope is bottled to the body, but we still don't let the goat go out with the, with the rope on it in a regular scenario unless it's tied between its horns because we're concerned it will slip off and the owner might come to carry it. So now we get, um, we get, we get, we learn a, a really a secondary point. There's one issue which would be an Isidar Raisa if it wouldn't be, if it wouldn't be bottled to the body. And then we have the situation where even if it is bottled to the body, but if it, it's somewhat likely it will come off, then, um, then, then, then it's possible that it will come, the owner will come to carry it. And that also is forbidden. So the Gemara is saying that the only way to have the leash for the goat is to make a hole between its horns, and then it can be tied there. What if you tie, if you stick it into the, um, the goat beard, you put it into the beard, what's Allah? Give me the mouth of the goat starts trying to thrash and go loose, so it's gonna, she'll be in pain. She'll be in pain from, from the beard. So she wouldn't do such a thing because she would obviously feel the pain right away. So therefore it's okay. Sometimes the loose will get looser and fall off by itself out of the, out of the hair. And then you'll come to carry it for almost versus around. So it's a problem even to put it into the boat. And the Gemara says, take it. We don't resolve it. Rios' question of putting it in the, in the, in the, in the hairs, in the goat's hair is okay. So the only thing we know for sure is okay is to put holes between the horns and tie it there. So now the Gemara moves to a mission later. Tonight also we learn in a mission later with the Bershmikar now. So now we're talking about a cow. The mission they were talking about contextually a cow. A cow can't go out with this uh, Ritsua as like a, a strap of leather between the horns. So what's going on? What is the strap of leather? So the Gemara now elaborates. Says, the meaning of the Mishnah that asks the cow to go out with the strap between the horns. Whether it's it's decorative and um, it's not like a leash to hold it, but it's just a beauty, you know, like a, a decorative thing, like a you know, a headband or something like that for the cow. So not only is that usher, but even if it's to, to, to guard the cow, it's also usher. So in both 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 reasons it's usher. What's the reason? So Rashi explains that you don't need to control the cow. Because when you take a cow from one place, you don't you don't need to hold on to it at all. It's just you make it. It's very easy to direct it. So therefore, when you have the strap, it's 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 more than necessary. And this amora holds more than necessary type of um, protection is considered to be a burden. That's what this amora holds, and it's also also if it's decorative because cows don't need to be decorated. It's very Rashi says it's very abnormal to decorate a cow. And, uh, and therefore, it's considered to be a burden. It's not going to be bottled to the cow's body. So any type of scenario with this strap, it's going to be also Whether it's decorative, it's also because you don't decorate cows, and therefore it's a burden. Or whether it's to protect the cow, it's also because you don't need a leash for a cow. You just guide it. So in both cases, it's also to go out with the strap. But other one says, no, if it's there for decoration, also. Then yeah, it's also. But Lashamer, if it's to control the cow, mutter, because this Amora holds, Rashi says, that if you're doing, if you have something to protect it, even if it's not necessary, but it's still bottled to the body. And as we learned yesterday, that was machlokas amaram, and now we're seeing another machlokas here. 
So, so this, we're having a dispute ultimately what Shmuel's opinion was. So Amar Yosef decided to Shmuel, Amar let's prove that it was Shmuel, said that I also Shamash Matzah. Let's prove that it was Shmuel whose opinion is that if it's to control the cow, it's Matzah. The Amar of Gunabarach, Amar Shmuel, Allah Chachananya. We learned yesterday he was Matzah for Chananya. Remember the Machlogis Chananya yesterday with a cat. So to put a leash around the cat. So a cat doesn't really need it. You put the leash around the cat, he says it's okay. So if Shmuel said, Allah also seemingly here, he's going to say a strap for the cow is also not a problem because even if the cow doesn't need it and it's, it's beyond what's necessary, but still ultimately it's guarding the, it's guarding the, 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 the cow, it should be okay. So I'm going to buy other but just the opposite. Also, we're going to prove that Shmuel is actually the opinion that the strap, even if it's to control the cow, is also. When they switched, the case in front of Rebbe. Remember yesterday, we had two cases. We have the, 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 the strap for the camel, and then we had the, the female horse with the nose ring. So they said, what if you switch it? What happens if you switch them? And the real question the Kamar wanted to know is, if you use something which is not necessary, for a camel, which you could get by with a regular leash, and you put on the nose ring, which is extra than necessary, what's the halacha? Is that considered caring? And what was the story? You said in front of Rebbe, when my father said, four animals go out with the leash, the horse, the mule, camel, and donkey. So that must mean to exclude something. Doesn't it come to exclude the camel with the nose ring? That the camel, can, Shmuel brought that raya yesterday, that, 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 that the statement of Rabbi Yossi was coming to exclude the camel with the nose ring, that a camel can only go out with a leash, not with excessive amount of protection. That it's also, so Shmuel brought that proof, must be Shmuel agrees to the proof, so must be Shmuel holds that too much Shmira is also. So if you want to know what Shmuel is going to hold about the strap for the cow, presumably Shmuel's opinion is that it's also. And the Gemara, the point of this is that if Shmuel brought a proof to something about what the opinions were, presumably that's what Shmuel holds. So the Gemara says, Abai is right. You take away what Shmuel said there, and, 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 and we favor the other one. And we really say that Shmuel holds it is also to go out for a cow to go out with the strap between his horns, even if it's being used for protection. Says the Gemara, my cousin Samehamikamiha. How do you know? We have two different things that Shmuel says. We don't know which Shmuel holds. It's contradicting. How do you know which one is ultimately the right one? So the Gemara, the Gemara says, and, 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 and the proof that we should really say that Shmuel holds that it's mutter, we're going to bring a proof that Shmuel holds that if it's if, that the strap, if it's for decorative purposes, it's also, but if it's to protect the, but if it's for, to protect the cow, it's mutter. That even if it's to protect it, it's also. Only for decoration is it also, but to control the cow, it is mutter. So, so after all is settled, it looks like we're going to say Shmuel holds that the strap, even though it's also, if it's for decoration, but it is mutter if it is um, to protect the cow. And again, the, 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 the real issue at hand, which is the issue that we started yesterday, is if something that's necessary for the protection of the animal is bought to look of the animal, it's not caring. What about if, it, if, it's, if it's beyond the needs? If it's beyond the needs, is that now become a burden or is that still bottled to the body? And that's what we're learning in Machlokas. We've had a few cases where we've discussed that. It's three cases so far. To have a nose ring in the camel, we could just do that with a regular leash. To have a leash on the cat where you don't really need. And now today, where you're having the, the strap between the horns of the cow where it doesn't really need that, would that be okay or not? But along the way, we're learning that decorating a cow or something like that is definitely considered to be a burden and would be forbidden. Okay, so we just had a machlokas. If you have too much shmira, is that a burden or not? So the says, Mace, we have a kasha and rav. It says, we're talking about here, the context is paraduma. So paraduma is only kosher if it doesn't do work. If a paraduma does work, what's the halacha? It becomes invalid. So it says, kishar ba'aleb moser chair. If the owner of the paraduma puts it on a leash, it's still kosher. So what, why must it be kosher? It must be because it's not considered that the paraduma is carrying the leash. If it did work, it would be invalid. It must be it's not carrying the leash. 
It's just bottled to the body. So the Vari Mar is comparing two different issues. He's talking about carrying on Shabbos to whether Paraduma is carrying it. But it's the same issue because it's the same question. Is it bottled to its body or is it carrying it? If it's considered carrying, it'd be forbidden on Shabbos and it would invalidate the Paraduma. If it's not considered carrying, it's bottled to its body. It'd be fine for the Paraduma and it would be fine on Shabbos. So it says it's fine for the Paraduma. So he's out of the matzah if it's true. Then when I do too much shmira and putting the, the leash on the cow is not necessary, so it should be doing work. Oh, the Torah says you can only use Paraduma that hasn't done and he hasn't carried anything. Once to carry something, it's invalid. So I'm right, we're talking about where it's going from a very far place. So if it's just going on a short journey, that's where you don't need the, the, any leash for a cow. But from a long journey, then it's possible the cow will start veering off and then you, would, need the, you would, need, would in fact need the leash. And if you need the leash, then again, it's not going to be considered a burden. It's just going to be bottled to its body. Rava Amar, shiny part, the Mary card. Paraduma is different because it's so expensive. Since it's so rare to have a Paraduma, so because, you know, you want it there, it's not considered too much mirror. It's not beyond what's necessary because you're so maybe overprotective, but necessarily you're overprotective because the value is so much and therefore it's bottled to the body. Ravina Amr Moraz, we're talking about a specific, like it was, it was a Moray, it would always rebelled. It's a wild cow. It's not, it's not acting so nicely. So that one needs a leash. After all said and done, it really just depends on the scenario. Is this thing bottled to the body or not? It's not such a simple question to answer. It may vary from scenario, scenario to scenario, whether the leash really is supposed to be there or not. Okay, then going back to the Mishnah, we said Hatsos, Basher, so Basher is a collar. So the Mishnah said that all animals can go out with a collar, and then the Mishnah said they go out with a collar and they can be pulled by the collar. So the Mar says the Gemara, my Yotzimanim Shachim, what does the Mishnah say? They go out and pulled. Because the, the, what's bothering the Gemara is why do you have a collar? What, what's the reason a collar is much of an animal to go out? Because why is it bottled to the body? Because you need, the, the owner needs to pull them and hold them, hold them by the collar. That's for their bottles. It's for, it's for the owner to control them for their own well-being. That's why they're bottled to the body. So of course, without saying that they can be pulled by the collar. If they didn't need to be pulled by the collar, then they wouldn't be allowed to go out with the collar. So obviously, um, it's obvious they can be pulled by the collar. What's the mission coming to say that they go out with the collar and pulled by the collar? So Amar Avuna, actually means two different separate cases. Either it means they go out with the collar around their necks or pulled by, by this collar as a leash. So meaning when the Mishnah was coming, the Mishnah added they're pulled by the collar to show us that, this, that the part before that they go out with the collar is true even when the collar is not there to protect. And why would the collar be there not to protect? Let's say it's wrapped around the neck. And if it's wrapped around the neck, what's it doing there? You're not pulling it. It's wrapped around. You can't really hold it as a leash. So what's it doing? It's considered... Uh, it's like a, it's like a nice, it's a nice adornment of the animal. It's a tashit for the animal. Rafuna holds that it's normal enough thing to, to, to put a tashit to adorn the, the, the horse during the week, and therefore on Shabbos it's considered bottle to the body, and it's okay. The same way for a person to go out, you know, with a. Uh, some clothing, a necktie, as much around Shabbos because it's a tasha that adorns the body. According to Rav Huna, an animal has that concept as well. So if it's a horse that has a collar, even if it's not being pulled, even it's two separate cases in the Mishnah, either it goes out with the collar that's not being pulled and it's bottled to the body because it's an adornment to the horse, or in the case where the leash is being pulled, in both cases, it's fine. That's Rav Huna's position. But Shmuel disagrees. Shmuel says, no, Yotzin and Shachman ain't Yotzin Gruchan. The Mishnah is saying one big case. You can only go out with the collar if the collar is being pulled like it's like a leash. But you cannot go out if the leash is just wrapped around the neck and it's just an adornment. It is not okay because according to Shmuel, we don't put adornments on animals. That's not a normal thing. And therefore, an adornment would be a matzah. It would be a burden. And that's what the mission is coming to say. The only way for it to go out with the leash is if the leash is being pulled. Says the Gemara in the Bride's can go out with the leash only if it's going to be pulled. Um, if it's going to be pulled. 
Says the Gemara, how do we, how do we different Amaram do? Amar Yosei Chazina Lidigli Ravuna. I saw that the, the calves were in Ravuna's house. It was Marfas and Kruchem Shabbos. They went out with these leashes wrapped around their necks on Shabbos. That's what they did. That was the way Ravuna, the way Ravuna ruled. Okay, says the Gemara. Uh, the 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 mulos, which are mules on, from every house, they would go out with um, with the leashes on Shabbos. So the Gemara says, well, that doesn't prove anything. You buy the kruchon and shachan. Are they going out when they're even when they're wrapped around? They're only when they're pulled. They went out, even though it was wrapped around the necks on Shabbos, even though it wasn't being pulled, they were still lenient. They adorned their, their horses that way, and they were lenient to let them go out that way. Says the Gemara, we said over this whole statement, this whole testimony, it was like a testimony from Shmuel, about Rabbi's house. So he says, This the testimony from Widow, it was not a chiddush. There's nothing that's, there's no novelty here. Because this thing that Rebbe is mater, the, the leash to go around, wrapped around by the animal, we already know it's from something that Rebbe Dimi said. So it was already taught to us. Why? Because Rav Dimi already said they went out. If you think Rav Dimi only meant if they're being pulled, Rav Yudar Marshmul we know that right from Rav Yudar Marshmul. Rav Yudar Marshmul. Machlif and Ayyul of Rabbi. You remember when they asked Rabbi yesterday, we learned in the Gemara yesterday, could if we switch, meaning if you put the nose ring on a camel, is that okay? And he said, this one might be Rav Yudar Marshmul. Rav Yudar said the name of his father in front of Rabbi. He said, four animals go out with the leash. The horse, mule, camel, and donkey. So, Rebbe accepted that testimony. So he agreed. So Rebbe, of course, is going to be makel to let a mule go out with the leash. So that's obvious. So what's Rav Dimi saying that Rebbe's mules went out with the leash? What, what is that a chiddush? Must be Rav Dimi meant not only if they're being pulled, but even if they're just being a dormant for the, for the mule, that's also okay. That must be what he's adding. So then now it becomes that Rav Shmuel Bar Yehuda's testimony that they went out, even though they weren't being pulled, becomes extra. So the Gemara is working backwards here, right? We know from the conversation, the dialogue between Rav Shmuel Bar Yosi and Rebbe, that the Chol HaPachos, there is at least one situation where a mule can go out with a leash. The most limited uh, case where it's going to be mother is going to be if it's being pulled. That's for sure okay. So what's Rav Dimi adding? Rav Dimi must be adding in his testimony that they can go out even if it's not being pulled. So the Gemara's question now is what is the Chiddush of Rav Shmuel Bar Yehuda, that they went out even if they're only wrapped and not being pulled. We already know that now from Rav Dimi's testimony. So Rav Asi said back, Rav Asi No, we need both testimonies, Rav Dimi and Rav Shmuel Bar Yehuda. If we just had Rav Yehuda, have you know the front of Lo Maybe that's what, maybe in, the, in, the, in this law that Rabbi Shmuel Bar Yosi said in front of Rabbi that the mule can go out with the leash, maybe that's something they said to Rabbi, but Rabbi didn't accept it. Kamash Rav Dimi. Rav Dimi is just coming to say that you accept it. The mule can go out with the leash. But in what circumstance? Maybe in a chanami. Maybe it's only when it's being pulled. Maybe that's only when it's being pulled, but not if it's just wrapped around. As That's what we need the other testimony to say, that even if it's just wrapped around and not being pulled, it's still mutter. So after all is said and done, the Gemara has defended why we needed all this testimony. And it seems that in Rebbe's house, Rebbe was makel to adorn their mules. That was something that was normal. And they were makel to go out wrapped around their necks. So they were makel not only if they were being pulled, like a leash type of situation, but even if it was just wrapped around the neck, like a scarf type of situation, they were also lenient. And again, the issue here at hand in the Gemara is, are we makel to say that there's an adornment for the animal? Is that okay? Or do we say if it's only necessary for like the protection of the animal that we consider it bottle to the animal's body? Okay, now we get back to what the Mishnah said. We were talking about uh, collars. So the Mishnah says with a collar 
that if the collar becomes tame, so let's say it was in you know tame mace. So tame mace, you need to spat, uh, you need to sprinkle from the ashes of the paraduma. You could sprinkle the ashes even when it's on the animal's neck. That was one chiddush, and then the other chiddush was that you they can go to the mikvah if they became tame, even if they are on the animal's neck at the time. So the gemara is a very simple question. Maybe Dominica and it sounds. Like uh, the animals' collars can be makabal tumma. Now, to be makabal tumma, you have to be a kli. The, 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 the source for what type of things are makabal tumma is one from the war with Midian, from Parshas Matos. And the Torah says the type of things that they, they had from the spoils of the war, they, had to, they were tummy and they had to be matar them. And the, all the examples there of the kalim are things that people use, like things that adorn uh, a people's bodies, like different rings and bracelets that, that people wear. Those are mentioned in the psokin. So what about things that animals have, like a collar for an animal? Um, what, what, what in fact is, is the situation? Is that makabal toma? So from our mission, it sounds like, yeah, it sounds like you're, you're, you have to purify the circumstance of the collar of the, of the animal. Clearly, it's makabal toma. But the Gemara says, is that true about Tanan? We learned in a Mishnah, Tabas adam tamei. The ring of a person is a kli. Kli makabel tumah. Tabas mehim of a kli l'masharkal abos. The ring of an animal or a ring that you use for other utensils. Evidently, they used to have sometimes a, like a ring at the end of the handle of other kalim. and all the, all other types of rings. Like Rashi says, a ring just decorative that's put there for 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 a door. So all types of rings that aren't made for people. So what's the law to ours? They can't be makabel tumah. Only type of type of rings that are makabel tumah are rings that are made for people. But other rings that are decorative, that are put for other kalim or for animals, are not kalim because we don't see any source in the Torah that they're considered to be vassals. So therefore, our question is, how did the collar of the horse ever be makabal tumah? The Mishnah is talking about how you purify it. How is it makabal tumah? It's not considered a kli. So the Gemara answers, We're talking about a case, it was a collar that used to be for a person. It used to be a person's collar. And then it was makabal tumah, got the tumah. And now you just put it on the animal. You switch. So by switching and you put it on the animal, so, so it still has the toma. So in a Hanami, one that's designated initially was originally a, 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 an animal's ring, animal's collar. So that's not a kli, it's not makabal toma. But a people's one that was makabal toma isn't going to lose the toma just because you put it on the animal. And that's the scenario where you're trying to purify it. You know what? Actually, it is a kli. Why? Because it serves a person. It's not only serving a collar doesn't just serve the animal, it serves the person because that's what you pull the animal with. So if you pull the animal with it, so it's considered made for people's usage. If it's made for people's usage, then it's a kli. And the, the proof is, Milo Tanya, we see in a price of that this like staff that is made of metal that a person pushes the animal along with, it has toma. Matam, what's the reason for that? If it's just made for animals, you know, that's not makabal tumma. Must be all them road of him since a person use it to push the animal along. So they're kalim that you are used for people. So achanami, so too with the collar of the animal, we could say the same svar. Since a person pulls the animal, they're considered kalim that serve a person, even though they're used on animals, but they're still makabal tumma, so that would be the case. Okay. So now they go back and the Mishnah said, you do tefillah, tovlum b'mekoman. You don't have to take off the collar. The animal can go into the mikvah. So the Gemara says, there's a chatzitza. So what's the question of the Gemara? So Rashi clarifies, this is important, that the ring, the, the collar has a ring. And the ring is stuck very tight into the collar. So how in the world is the water going to get, get there between the collar and the ring? That's the Gemara's question. Chatzitza has, has to get there. So if it's, how's it going to get, how's it going to get the water going to get between the ring and the collar? So the Amar, Amar Rabbi Ami, we're talking about a case where you took, a, you know, you took a hammer and you, 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 you pounded away on the collar. So the hole became much bigger. And now you put the ring inside and now the water fits. So there's no chatzitza anymore. So now it's coming out. 
that the case in the Mishnah of the collar is, is, is that somebody changed it before he, he like modified it to be a, um, for the animal. He's talking about a hammer that was banged out or loosened the whole thing, and now the ring, the ring is much looser. So the Gemara says, remember we had a question, a second ago, how is it Makabal Tumah, if it was um, made for people? And what did we answer? We said it came from a person. So the question is, so they have to go like Rav Yosef's answer. Rav Yosef's now, if you go like Rav Yosef's answer, he said the way it was Tame is because it used to be a, pers- a person's um, collar. But wait a second, Kivan to Rizvan, if the case is that you, you hammered it, the you've, you've made a physical change onto the collar. The tumma should leave. We learned in the Mishnah. To become a kli, to susceptible to kabbal tumma, even thought can make a kli be mukabal tumma. It becomes a kli through, through thought. Let's say something you know wasn't finished, but a person thought that I'm going to use it the way it is, it could be mukabal tumma now. But in olin mitumma, to take away tumma from a kli, you have to do a physical change. So a great example of that would be, let's say you had a kli, that was because it was a person's collar. Just because now you think you're going to use it for an animal, it doesn't lose a tumma that it had because there's no physical change that has been done. But if you do a physical change to make it into an animal collar, then it will lose the tumma. So if our Mishnah were saying, in order to answer why it's not a chatzitza with the ring in the collar, we have to answer you did a physical change to the collar. The case was that you hammered out the collar and that's how the water is getting through. So now let's go back to our question. We had a question that how, um, how is it in Kabbal Toma to begin with, if animal collars are not Kabbal Toma? We had two answers. Rav Yitzchik said either it was originally used for people, or Rav Yosef said that because you're pulling the animal, because the person uses it to pull the animal, so clearly it only, it only works with Rav Yosef, not Rav Yitzchik, because Rav Yitzchik answered that it came from a person, but it should lose the status of that Kli as soon as you hammer it out. So once if the case it has to be, it was hammered out, that it was turned into, it was hammered, so there was a Shina Maisa, there was a physical change that was done to it. Now it's a, it, now it's a, it's a Animal collar, once now it's an animal collar, it should lose the old tumma that it had just because it was a people's collar. So now we're stuck. So the Gemara says, no. So I like we hold like Rebuda, that this idea you have to do that a physical change to something makes the tumma leave. It's only when you're something that's destructive, but a constructive action, something that makes it good, like this, where you hammer, which makes it more suitable for, for, for animals, is not considered a mice that gets rid of the tumma. The Tanakama disagrees. Tanakama holds any mice, a change makes it it's a different thing. Once it's a different thing, it loses an old tumma. Rebuda says, no, only a destructive change makes it lose, lose the tumma. Tiny word we see this we only say that Chinim Maisa takes away Tumah if it's destructive, not constructive. So according to him, we could still say that it was originally a people's collar and it got Tumah when it was a people's collar. Then the case was you did a constructive action of hammering it out to make it more suitable for the animal and now the ring is loose and now everything is good. The Tumah is still there from the time that it was a person's collar but on the other hand, it was hammered out and the ring is loose and now when it becomes Tumah, and then now that you want to get rid of the Tumah, you can tovel it in the mikvah the way it is, and you don't have a problem of chatzitzah. Another answer, how it's not a chatzitzah, we're talking about collars that happen to have a very wide hole. So there was a big space between the ring and the collar, and the water goes through. So just a simple answer. You know, that you didn't have to make it such a big deal. So the bottom line is, collars of behemoths, and of themselves, are not kalim. The case in the Mishnah of a collar that is tummy um, is, is for one of two reasons. Either it used to be a collar of a person, it was makabal tumma in that case, and now was, was beaten out to become a uh, collar of an animal, and that's why the water goes through. But at the same time, it doesn't lose the tumma because we're going to live that, that, that a constructive action doesn't change the status of the tumma. Or the other theory, which the Gemara gave, is that it's makabal tumma now as an animal collar in, because it is, um, it's being mashamish and autumn because a person is using it uh, as he pulls it. Okay. Says the Gemara, Sha'al 
Talmud Echon, this is really an interesting like discussion in the Gemara. We're like starting with a cryptic statement, trying to figure out backwards what it means. Shal Talmud Echon, Mikalil Elias Rabbi Lazar. There was a brayz that says there was a Talmud that came from the Galil, and he asked Rabbi Eliezer, Shamati Shachokim Tavas Abbas. I heard that halachically there's a difference between one type of ring and another type of ring, but I don't know what's the chilik. I heard he just knows he has this cryptic statement that there's a difference halachically between different types of rings. The question is, what, what's he talking about? So Amalah Rabbi Lazar said, Shemalo Shamati Elias Shabbos. Maybe you heard that the Nafkimina is in regard to Shabbos. And that um, Rashi says, like, for example, certain types of rings can be worn uh, on Shabbos, certain types of ones cannot. So it depends. It, like, there are certain seals or signets that they would have. So if, let's say, a woman is, ring, is wearing a ring, so she's not supposed to, we'll learn, because she might take it off. But the Arisa, a ring, is bottled to her body. It's not, a, it's not a thing she's carrying. But if it has a seal then it's a daraisa because then it's not normally something that she'd wear de- for decorative purposes. And therefore, for if a woman would go out with a ring that has a seal, it would mamash be a burden. So there's, on Shabbos, there's different types of rings. Rings with a seal and rings without a seal. Rings with a seal might be chayv and daraisa if she goes down the street and a ring without a seal would not be an isa daraisa. So that's where the distinction, be, this idea that you heard there's a difference between different types of rings, you're talking about in the laws of Shabbos. The ilin in but in the laws of tumma all types of rings are the same, right? Let's say you got a ring with a seal or a ring without a seal. It's all makabal tumma. It's a clear, there's no difference. There's no distinction in the laws of tumma between one ring and another. Says the Gemara, is that true? Is that true that all rings are the same for Tumma? Well, tonight we learn in Mishra, Tabas, Adam Tumea. A ring of a person is a Kalis, Makabal Tumma, Tabas, Mimma, Vikil, Mishrakal, Abbas, but rings of an animal, of Kalim, other types of rings are pure. They can't be Makabal Tumma. So there are distinctions between different types of rings in regards to the laws of Tumma as well. So the Gemara answers, Kikamalu, Rabbi Lazar was talking about there's no difference between rings. He was talking about rings of people, there's no difference. Rings of people in the laws of Tumma are all the same, but in the laws of Shabbos, they're different. Says the Gemara, Adam David Achasi. The Gemara persists. Still, is it true that all types of people rings are the same in the laws of Tumma? Batanya says in a bright Tabash is kino lacher ba masna ba lakasha ba imsef of Torah. A ring that a person just uses as part of as part of like a belt buckle, or to use as like a, a, a to, to hold his sleeves together by his shoulders. It's not makabel Tumma. Why? Because it's not really being mishamish the person himself. It's not like adorning the person. It's just trying to. Um, to, to, be, to, to hold together the, the, the garments. And therefore, it's not a clique. When we say a ring of a person is talking, we only mean like a, a ring you, you wear, like on a, on a finger. So we see that even different rings used by people are not the same, even in the laws of Tumah. Says the Gemara, said all types of rings are the same in the laws of Tumah. He meant finger rings are all the same. There's no difference in different types of finger rings in the laws of Tumah, they're all the same. Only in the laws of Shabbos are they different that, 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 that a ring with a seal cannot be, cannot be worn and a, uh, a ring without a seal on a derisive level could be worn. So the Gemara still persists. With the Asma, Dabada, finger rings in the laws of Tumah. Still, is it true that they're always the same? There's a difference. It depends what type of material it's made out of. If the ring is made of metal, the chosma, the signet that you sign with it, that's 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 uh, that's attached onto the ring. Shal almug, it's made of almug, which is wood. Tamea, then it's tamei. So just a little introduction. Wood and kalim are different than metal kalim. Any type of metal kli is makabel tuma, but only for it to be a wood kli is only makabel tuma if it is a receptacle, if it holds things. That's derived from the laws of tuma and parshas matzah. So if, the, so if you have a ring with a signet, so the ring is metal, but the signet is wood. So it's still Tame, because even we go after the main part of the ring, the central part of the ring is the ring part, which is metal, so it's Makabal Tumah. But vice versa, if the ring is made of wood and the signet is metal, it's tar. Why? Because the central part of the ring is wood. It doesn't have a receptacle, so it's not Makabal Tumah. So what are we, what are we, what are we saying? That all types of finger rings are all the same? It's not true. There are different types of ones. The wood ones are not Makabal Tumah. The metal ones are Makabal Tumah. There are distinctions. 
Says the Gemara, talking about metal ones. So metal finger rings that are worn by people, all the same laws of Tumah, and its only distinctions are made within the laws of Shabbos between whether or not they have seals, whether it would be carrying. Okay. But Ochal, the Bryce says there was another question that the student asked Rabbi Lazar here. I heard that halakhically there are differences between different types of needles. But I don't know what's the difference. What context are we saying that halakhically there are different types of needles? So Amalei Rabbi Lazar said, that this, that there are differences in regard to the law, to different types of needles is only in regard to the Shabbos. Like for example, a woman who goes out, she's wearing, she's wearing, you know, like a sewing needle in her, in her garment and she's wearing it. So if it has like the eye of a needle, so it's something that can be used for sewing. So that is, um, so in a, such a case, so she's mom is doing an Esadarais, it's a sewing needle. But if it doesn't have an eye, it's just decorative, it's more like, I guess like a pin, then it's more decorative and that's, that's okay. So there's a difference in the laws of Shabbos between different types of needles. Needles of sewing needles and decorative needles are different. In the laws of Shabbos, there are differences. But in regard of the laws of Tumah, all types of needles are treated the same. They're all Makal Tumah, whether they're pins, whether they're sewing needles, they're all the same. So the distinction can only be in the laws of Shabbos. Is it true that all types of needles are the same in the laws of Tumah? Let's say you have a needle and the eye uh, become, it's taken out or the point is removed, right? It becomes blunt. They're no longer makabal toma. So a, a, a real needle is makabal toma. So we see though that a needle that is no longer fit for what it was originally made for loses its toma. So there are differences in needles. Needles that have, that are still fit for what they made for are makabal toma. If they lose what they were originally made for, they're not makabal toma. So there are distinctions in the laws of toma also. So Mar says, when he said that there was no distinction, he's talking about regular complete needles. Regular complete needles, there's no distinction. Only distinction is in the laws of Shabbos between sewing needles and decorative needles. Says the Gemara still, is it true that for complete needles, all needles are treated the same for the laws of Tamatan? But it says in the Mishnah, a needle that got rusty, if it stops the ability to sew with it, because it's no longer usable for its original function, so it loses Tama. But if not, Tamea, it's still a clean and it's still Tamea. The Gemara just adds, just clarified how much rust is there. It has to be that you can still tell it's a needle. So, so we see at Al-Kalbanim that there are differences between the laws of Tumah and different types of needles, depending on the amount of rust, whether or not the Tumah will still be there. So what do you mean there's no distinction between needles and the laws of Tumah? There are distinctions depending on how much level of rust there is. So the Gemara answers, Rabbi Lazar said that there's no distinction he meant a regular new polished needle, which has no rust. That's when he meant that there's no distinction. The only distinction is the laws of Shabbos between a sewing needle and a decorative needle. So the Gemara still asks, Is it true that for polished needles, all types of needles are the same in the laws of Tamavatana? A needle, whether it has an eye of a needle or not, it is not muksa. It's not muksa. Why is that? Because even if it doesn't have enough, even a needle without an eye, you can use it to take out a thorn. So it's not, so it's considered a cleat. If it's a sewing needle, it's a cleat. It might be a cleat, but Al-Kopanim, it's a cleat. It can be moved. Let's say if it's in the way of something, it can be moved. And even if it doesn't have an eye, it's still considered a cleat because you can use it to take out a thorn. So it's a cleat. So in regard to the laws of muksa, whether a needle has an eye or it does not, it's considered to be a non-muksa item. Below Amino Nakuva, when do we make a difference if it has an eye? Elinin Tumabavad, only for the laws of Tumah. And the laws of Tumah, if it has, what does it mean to say? Apparently, it means to say that a pin is not cons- Makabal Tumah. And only a, a needle that has an eye is Makabal Tumah. So there, is, there are distinctions for the laws of Tumah between different types of needles. So the Gemara says, no, when the Brisa said this point, that a needle 
is not makabal tumah, it's not makabal tumah without an eye, it's only talking about when it's unfinished. Meaning when the person producing it is planning on making an eye and he hasn't yet finished it, that that point is not makabal tumah. But if a person plans on making a pin and they make a needle that's finished without an eye because it's made to be a pin, then of course it's makabal tumah even though it doesn't have an eye. So ultimately there is no distinction in the laws of tumah between needles that have eyes and don't have eyes. In both scenarios, if they're finished in their production, they are makabal tumah. So therefore that was what Rabbi Lazar was telling his Talmud. In the laws of Tumah, there's no distinction between needles with eyes and needles without eyes. And any finished, any finished product of a needle is Makabal Tumah. Happens to be there is another halacha that an unfinished product is not Makabal Tumah. So if a person is planning on making an eye and they didn't, it wouldn't be Makabal Tumah. But that's not a distinction between different types of needles. Still, the halacha is the same. All types of needles are Makabal Tumah in their finished state. The only distinction we have between different types of needles is regard to the laws of Shabbos. That's what Rabbi Lazar was saying. In regard to a woman going out, that she can go out with a pin, but she can not go out with a sewing needle on uh, on Shabbos.